born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Take your Bible while you're right there. Look in Colossians in chapter 1. The book of Colossians in chapter 1. And look for what he says in verse 25. Verse 25. It makes this statement, verse 25. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you. Now, in the military, they had a dispensary where they would go to sick bay and they would dispense medicine or shots or whatever else you needed. So you can dispense. It means they receive something and they're giving something. So in the dispensation of grace, we have received grace. We dispense grace. We received it. We give it. That's why we live by grace. And that's why this is called the grace age or the church age or the body age. It's all the same thing, but it's a period of time. So it has a beginning and it has an ending. Every dispensation does, and it calls this a dispensation. So it's taught in the Word of God, and shouldn't be a question about that or a, or a problem. But evidently, it is a problem. Let me just give you this. He says, I am not asking you to debate your position. I am simply stating the truth in the hope and prayer that the Lord may open your eyes on this matter. There is not a shred of evidence in the Word of God to support the pre-trib theory. Pre-trib theory. It means that we believe that Christ comes pre-before, before the tribulation. Post-trib means we believe that Christ is coming back after the tribulation. So, or we believe here, He comes back pre-millennial. So we have those views. We are pre-trib pre-millennial. We, we believe Christ will come back before the tribulation and before the millennium. See, not everybody believes that. There's all millennials. That means they don't believe there is any such thing at all. And if some people believe, see, that we are going to bring in the kingdom. So we got to change the world and make it good enough that Christ will hurry up and come back. So some people believe that Christ comes back at the end of the millennium, they're all messed up. So there's all kinds of views, and so you just need to understand that. Let me give you this. He says, I was brought up 
on the pre-tribulation rapture teaching too. I thank God for the Christian brother who has the courage to point out to me that this is not the teaching of Scripture. I then did my own study of the Scriptures looking at all the relevant passages. And the Lord enabled me to see that there is only one single public appearing of Christ at His second coming which is taught in the Scriptures. Many believers are coming to see this in these days while others remain deceived on this point. Okay. 1 Thessalonians. Turn in your Bible to 1 Thessalonians. And in 1 Thessalonians, look in chapter 1. The Bible tells us that, yes, Christ is coming back and what He wants us to do. But look in verse 10. And to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now, as you study 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, it's going to tell you about the wrath to come. I don't believe it's necessarily talking about just, you know, the wrath of hell, because we've already been saved. That's not going to happen. But He's going to promise them this right here is called the wrath of God. I used a lot of scriptures last Sunday morning stating about the wrath of God that's coming upon the earth. And that God says there's peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon this period of time. It's called the 70th week of Daniel. It's also mentioned as the time of Jacob's trouble in Jeremiah. Also Daniel chapter 12. This is a Period of time that God says the worst period of time that the world has ever known. And so, as you go through here, you'll see some of this. But I want you to take your Bible and look there at another scripture with me. Look in chapter 5. In chapter 5 and verse 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is the wrath of God. God hath not appointed us to go into this period of time. This is a separate period of time. There'll be people here that are not going to be able to go here. And there's people here that won't be in here. I've trusted Christ as my Savior. I'm right here. But when the rapture takes place, I'll be here. But I won't be here. But the lost people that are here will be in here. But if they don't trust the Lord, they won't be here. So you've got to understand that there's periods of time and what God says about each one so that you can rightly divide the Word of God and put things in its proper place. So he makes a statement that God hath not appointed us to wrath, but we're to wait for the Son from heaven to deliver us from the wrath to come. So we're not looking for the blessed tribulation period. We're told to look for the blessed hope that when Christ comes back in power and great glory. Now, look there in chapter 4. And when he talks about the rapture, this is a different period of time. Something different happened here. This part of Scripture this is a truth that has not been mentioned before except in 1 Corinthians in chapter 15 where it makes a statement about you shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So that time is coming. It's called 
the rapture, a catching away, caught up. Now, you don't find the word rapture in the Bible. Of course, you don't find the word Bible in the Bible. You don't find Trinity in the Bible or millennium. It's just that the teaching is there. So he says this in verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. All right, now let's say, for example, we take our beloved brother over here, Dan. If he dies right now, absent from the body, present with the Lord. His body is asleep. It's dead. So it's put into the grave or whatever she wants to do with it. He's in heaven with the Lord. So the Lord says that when he comes back, he's going to bring them with him. And then it says the dead in Christ, that means the body that's dead, is going to raise from the dead. And then we which are alive when he comes will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and caught up with them to meet the Lord in the air. So this is not where Christ comes to the earth. This is where he comes in the air. So you see, here when he comes back, the Bible talks in the Old Testament, his feet will touch upon the Mount of Olives. He's coming to the earth, sets up a kingdom upon the earth, and there's the judgment of nations. But none of that in these scriptures take place right here. It's not there. None of these things are mentioned in the scripture that we're reading right now. And yet it says he's coming back. And this is what he says in verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. Where? To meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So we're going to be changed in a moment in the twinkle of an eye, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And then there is the tribulation period upon the earth. This seven years is a separate period of time. It belongs to the 70 weeks of Daniel. There were 70 weeks of seven years each, which means a total of 490 years from the time they went back and issued the decree to rebuild the temple and the walls and so forth was supposed to be uh, a certain period of time. goes up to 483 years. And then the Messiah would be cut off. 483 years. Seven years is missing. There it is. This shoved us out into the future. Because the king was rejected. The kingdom was postponed. And there's the 70th week of Daniel. That still has to belong to that certain period of time. So that period of time is out there and we know how long it is we are not part of this so the Lord says in chapter 5 but of the times and the seasons brethren you have no need that I write unto you for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night this period of time comes as a thief in the night not this over here and here's why he says in verse 3, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction. Look up here. When they, so we're not talking about us. We're not talking about we. 
We're talking about they and them in a different period of time. When they shall say peace and safety, that's the first three and a half years. Then sudden destruction, that's the last three and a half years. When they say that, look what he says. He says, suddenly destruction cometh upon them. Because see, in the first chapter here, it talks about we're to wait for our son who has going to save us or deliver us from the wrath to come. We're not going into that period of time. The church is looked upon as all believers from the day of Pentecost to the rapture. And even though some live, some die, some live, some die, some live, some die. When he takes us out of here, he did not appoint his body, his church, his bride to go into the tribulation period. He takes us out before that. So that's why he says here in verse 4, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. And he says in verse 5, Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober and blah, 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 blah. All right, look up here. It says that we are children of the day. This is a different day. This is the day when the Lord comes back to the earth. This is another day. You see, between two days is a night. They are of the night. This is a time of darkness. This is they and them. This is we and us. It is not and cannot be the same period of time. Not according to the scriptures. So we are taken out because we're not appointed to this wrath that's coming upon the earth. God's going to take us out. So take your Bible and turn there to the book of Titus chapter 2. Just a couple pages to your right. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, and you'll notice there in verse 12, where it says, teaching us. What's teaching us? God's grace that brings salvation hath appeared unto all men and teaches us that denying ungodliness, worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That word world, it means a present age, this present time in which God's given to us. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, if we were going to be going into the tribulation period, then we would, we would be seeing the Antichrist on his throne coming in and doing all that. That's not what we're supposed to look for. In this present age, we look for our Savior, Jesus Christ. That is our blessed hope. This is not the blessed hope. This is the worst period of time the world has ever known. And so, also we'll come back here in just a second, but I want you to take your Bible look here in the book of Revelation in chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. And look there in verse 10. Verse 10 says, Because thou hast kept the word of thy patient, or my patient, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. 
So there's a judgment coming to try those that are up on the earth. This is the hour of temptation. This is the worst period of time the world has ever known. But he says to try them that dwell upon the earth. So he's going to deliver us from this period of time from the earth so that we're not here on the earth to go through that period of time. All scripture has to come together and perfectly dovetail. And I believe that this is the only explanation that clearly teaches that and explains that. Now, go back there to the book of Second Thessalonians and chapter 2. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. The Lord is going to come back. And when he talks about a coming and a gathering, well, then he's talking about the rapture, where he comes in the air and we are gathered in the air. You see there in verse 1 of chapter 2, Now we beseech you, brethren, so we're talking to the believers, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Now this is what takes place here. That does not take place here. Here he comes to the earth. There's a great war and battle and he sets up his kingdom upon the earth. Not the same thing. But now notice, he says that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ, which is, and if you've got a Schofield reference Bible notes there, you'll see they talk about the day of the Lord. Look right here. The day of the Lord is this period of time. First mentioned, I believe, in Isaiah chapter 8. But this is talking about a period of time in the future. And this is specific day of the Lord when the L-O-R-D, the Lord, Jehovah himself, comes back. This is Zechariah chapter 14. So he makes this statement in verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. That day shall not come, except that come first. Look up here. This cannot happen. Till first of all, there is this catching away where he is coming and we're gathered unto him. This catching away, caught up. Scripture also talks about a falling away. But when we're taken away, a snatching up, then notice the sequence. Sequence is very important. He says, except they come and fall away first and that man of sin be revealed. The son of perdition. So we know this can't happen until this happens. And then this has to happen. Look what he says. He makes this statement in verse 4. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this is talking about the Antichrist that's coming upon the scene. In verse 5, remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Now right, look up here. The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. We're all born by the Spirit of God. We're all indwelt by the Spirit of God. And you are sealed by the Spirit of God until the day of the redemption of the body. So we are taken out. This is the only thing that keeps this from taking place. God's people is the only thing that's preserving any kind of security in this world. 
Without us, this is what the world would be like. That's what it's going to be like. And you can see this why it's getting worse and worse and worse. Christians are losing their salt. What else? He says here in verse 7, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now hindereth will hinder until he be taken out of the way. And it's talking about a he. When the Holy Spirit takes out the body of Christ. This is the only thing that's hindering this from taking place. But now watch the sequence here. It's so important. He says in verse 8, Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. He is coming, the brightness of it, glory revealed, every eye will see him, and he comes after the working of Satan. This is after Satan. But the believer has already been taken out first. And then he says this. In verse 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For this cause God shall send them strong delusions, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So the sequence is the day of the Lord's coming, but it doesn't come until, first of all, we are taken out, then the Antichrist is revealed, and then Christ comes back in power and great glory and destroys the work of the devil. Then he sets up his kingdom upon the earth. And this is where we're looking forward to. So when you know that and you understand that, is it because you don't study the Bible? Yes, I have read other men's thoughts on dispensations and against it. I've studied both sides. And after all the reading and all the studying, I like what I'm teaching you. Because I believe this is the truth. And so I don't know that I'm going to respond to this guy, but I did think maybe I ought to send him a copy of my message tonight if he'll send me his mailing address. So he uh, says, I rejoice, however, that we do share much common ground, and I do not condemn you for your mistaken views. We share our love for the Lord, our love for His Word, and the hope of His coming. And when we shall see Him, we shall be like Him. So that is cause for great rejoicing, isn't it? We have strong grounds for fellowship in Christ, and above all that, we should love one another as Christ commanded. Many of my friends hold a different view from me, but we are united in our fellowship in Christ. May the Lord continually use you for his glory and honor that you may be a means of blessing to many dear brothers in Christ. With sincere love in Christ Jesus, our Lord, Paul. Now, it was hard for me to get that second part swallowed. When I was looking up there with great respect, you remind me of the ostrich who buries his head in the sand. But I thought, there's a lot of people that may believe just like he believes. 
because every once in a while I have people who have seen some of my messages online and they have wrote me nice stinging rebukes. This is mild. I've had some that are really stinging. And, um, and people that I have preached with in different meetings. Good old independent fundamental Bible-believing missionary-minded Baptists that believe that the church goes through the tribulation period. I do not believe it. My hope and my joyful anticipation is that I believe in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. It can happen at any moment. But if He comes here, it cannot be at any moment. Because of what we know has to happen in the tribulation period, Christ can't come back yet. Because there has to be a peace treaty made. There has to be Israel in the land, yes, but with the temple has to be built. Is that done? No, then the rapture can't take place. Because they don't believe in a rapture. They just believe this is going to come and that's what it is. And then you got it done. So I do believe the other, and I believe that it's the right view to hold. Look up here. This end represents you and me, and the wallet represents sin. We all have sin upon us. God says that He loves us. He hates our sin. And for you and I to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God. Because heaven is perfect. God is perfect. And we have to be perfect to go into heaven. But we can't because of sin. And God will not allow us into heaven. So how can God get rid of the sin? Remember, the sin is not just the sin that I commit. It's the sin nature that's within me. I could take this away and I still can't get in. Because you see, the sin nature is still inside of me. I committed this because I am a sinner. So God has to give me a new birth. Not change me. Not change me. Not sending me to church and do all good deeds. God has to give me a new birth. So this hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world. He has no sin. No sin nature. So he has no sin. But Christ, because he loves us and he hates our sin, it says that he hates it because it separates us from him. So what Christ did for us, he took our sins, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead and said, if we would believe it, he would give us his righteousness. And if God gave me his righteousness, then I would be as righteous as God. Can I go to heaven if I'm as righteous as God? Why, yes. That's a righteousness that God gives to me by faith in what he did for me. And God says, once you trust him, he'll never cast you out and never lose you. Best news in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, right now, why not just talk to the Lord and say something simple like this? Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I don't understand it all, but I know that I've done things wrong. I believe that Christ died, paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust Him this morning as my only hope of going to heaven. Friend, I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. But right where you're sitting, if what I said made sense, would you say, yes, Lord, I will trust Christ as my Savior right now. And friend, by doing that, God will give you eternal life as a free gift. And He'll never cast you out, never lose you. And you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. Would you believe it? Would you trust Him? If you will, would you slip your hand up very quickly and say, pray for me. I'll trust Christ as my Savior this morning, and I'd like you to pray for me. Is there anyone at all before we close? If you've already trusted Christ as your Savior, do you see the responsibility? How that all of us as God's children are responsible to preach the gospel. One way or another, find a way, find a way 
Because one day we'll all stand before the Lord and give an account of ourselves. I won't be judging you. You won't be judging me. We all have our own Heavenly Father. And we'll stand before Him. And you don't want to be ashamed before Him at His coming. Our Father, we ask your blessings upon each one here. Ask Father your protection because we're living in a sinful world. And the devil would like us to do everything in the world but talk to people about their soul. And help us to have the confidence and the boldness that we need. And use us for your honor and glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Do you have to be baptized in water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your Savior? There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me